Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new reviews and uh, new episodes, I should say. And let's dive into the world of film and television together. On this episode, I am talking about X. came out 2022. Last week, I talked about Pearl, which is the prequel to X. Both movies written and directed by Ty West, uh, Pearl, co-written by Mia Goth. This one, X, uh, that came out the same year. Both came out the same year. This one just written by Ty West, but is starring Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, as well as Kid Cudi. Did not realize that that actor was Kid Cudi. Um, also not very familiar with Kid Cudi anyway, so regardless, was interesting to see his name in the credits. This movie, set in 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas. But when their uh, reclusive elderly host catch them in the act, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. Uh, This is a solid slasher film, very kind of a simple story. Great performances, I think, by everybody involved, including Mia Goth who is portraying two of these characters. Uh, I would absolutely recommend this movie, obviously, but especially in combination with Pearl. And I would even suggest watching Pearl before because I think it did add a lot to this movie. I had seen this movie initially first, then watched Pearl, obviously, to review it last week, uh, and then did a rewatch of this movie after having seen Pearl. And I think having watched Pearl adds a lot to the Pearl character that is exists in this movie as well. Both of which Pearl and Maxine, both played by Mia Goth, Pearl being the origin story for that character in this, in this movie, Pearl is much older. This is takes place like 60 years later or or 40 years later, 60, I don't know, 79. It was like 18. So yeah, almost 60 years later, or just over 60 years. Uh, and Mia Goth plays the old Pearl in this movie, so a lot of old age makeup, as well as Maxine. Uh, so great performance from her, and it was interesting to see those scenes where they were together. Uh, but great performances, I think, from everybody involved. Right. And I wouldn't say that watching Pearl is necessary. Obviously, this movie came out before Pearl. Both movies stand as watch, you know, standalone movies. They don't require the either one, but I think you can get more out of uh, this movie. Per- watching Pearl will add more to this movie, or at least I felt it did after having seen it again after watching Pearl. Uh, so great movie. I'd recommend a great slasher film in general, but also, uh, you know, a great addition to this uh, X franchise that Ty is putting together, uh, which will be followed by a sequel to this movie called Maxine with Maxine spelled with three X's uh, which follows Maxine the final girl of this movie Um, and like I said this movie takes place 1979 
you have people getting together, these young people getting together to make a porn, each kind of feeling this is their escape, uh, their way out of their current life, their current existence. Uh, the director of this, RJ, I think his name is, has ambitions of being a director and kind of using this opportunity to direct a porn in a more artistic way. Uh, and the kind of idea of being able to do, try new things and uh, maybe take the genre of porn to the next level. Uh, also, Maxine wanting to become this famous sex symbol doing this feels like it's her way out uh and maybe hopes that it will finally be the director actually the the producer wayne hopes that uh it will finally be one of his business ideas uh that will make him rich so everybody kind of has their own reasons for wanting to do this uh porn and film both important aspects for both this movie X as well as Pearl, both leads of both films, Maxine and Pearl, feel that being in movies will allow them to escape their lives. This movie has a lot of tie-in with religion, which there was absent from Pearl. But specifically, televangelists in this movie. Uh, there's a lot of TVs with televangelists on them throughout this film. Uh, which, like Pearl, and how the year in which Pearl the movie took place uh, in 1918 is very sp a specific cross-section of a lot of historic things were going on, like World War I, uh, the pandemic that was going on at the same time, also the country's kind of uh, hate and uh, nationalism and hate for Germans, as Pearl's family was German. So there was a lot of different things coinciding within the year that Pearl took place. This movie, very similar. Uh, this movie is a cross-section of specific shifts that were going on within porn as well as within televangelists in Texas. So, again, Ty West being able to utilize this these unique points in history to also add things to these stories, right? The, in the 70s, was the, considered the golden age of porn. Uh, it's often referred to as the golden age of porn, as the style of Pearl being the golden age of Hollywood. So interesting how this movie is set in a time that is considered to be the golden age of porn due to its significant growth and mainstream popularity of adult films during the period, this era saw emergence of more explicit and higher budgeted adult films, as well as increased public awareness and acceptance of pornography in general. The publications of adult magazines, several adult magazines, gained prominence in the late 1970s, such as Playboy, Penthouse, and Hustler. These publications featured explicit content and contributed to the increased visibility and consumption of adult materials. The legal battles and obscenity trials that took place in the 70s, the production, distribution, and exhibition of pornography were frequently subjects to legal challenges of obscenity trials in the 1970s. Uh, these trials tested the boundaries of free speech and obscenity laws with uh, varying outcomes in different jurisdictions. 
this also the time also the evolution of adult theaters and video rentals adult theaters and video rental stores became more prevalent during the 1970s providing venues for exhibition and consumption of adult films these businesses catered to the growing demand for adult content uh, including the rise of the pornographic cinema the adult film industry experienced significant growth in the 1970s with the, an increased number of adult films being produced and distributed the era saw the emergence of adult film stars and directors who gained popularity within the industry the feminist perspective in on pornography in the 1970s also witnessed the emergence of feminist discussions and debates around pornography while some feminists argues that pornography perpetuated gender inequality and object objectification others defended it as a form of sexual liberation and expression the year deep throat federally uh the year deep throat federal obscenity investigation uh was this year the film star linda lovelace testified against the film and claimed that she was coerced into performing in it the trial brought public attention to the adult film industry and sparked discussion about obscenity laws and free speech also the film caligula a controversial film was released this year 1979 caused a stir due to the explicit sexual content and graphic scenes the film produced by bob uh, guccione the founder of penthouse magazine and featured prominent actors like malcolm mcdowell he uh, helen mirren and peter o'toole caligula faced censorship and challenges and debates about the artistic freedom versus pornography also going on televangelists jim baker and the ptl club jim baker was a prominent televangelist and co-founder of the ptl praise the lord club a christian television group in 1979 the year this movie takes place the ptl club gained significant popularity and its broadcast networks the ptl television network expanded its reach the foundation of the Trinity Broadcasting Network, TBN, in May 1979, this year, Paul and, jo and Jan Crouch founded the Trinity Broadcasting Network in Santa Ana, California. TBN quickly became one of the largest Christian television networks with its headquarters located in Costa Mesa, California. However, TBN's programming reached viewers across the United States, including Texas. The expansion of televangelism. Televangelism experienced a surge in popularity and influence during the 1970s, reaching a wide audience through television broadcasts. Texas, with its large population and religious demographic, became a hub for televangelism, hosting numerous televangelists and Christian television networks. The scandal and controversy towards the end of 1979 the year that x takes place towards the end of that year jim baker and the ptl club faced significant scandal allegations of financial impropriety including the misappropriation of funds and the sale of lifetime memberships for exclusive benefits surfaced leading to uh, investigations and legal troubles for baker 
The scandal ultimately resulted in his resignation from PTL Club in 1987 and subsequent legal proceedings. And I love how both Pearl and X are so, uh, like, at the precipice of these events in time. They are so, those events and those themes of what were going on in history in America of those times are so intertwined in both films, right? While also the style of each of these films also pays homage to films of that era, how Pearl was an homage to the golden age of Hollywood and looked like Wizard of Oz and uh, other movies of that time. This movie really paying homage to the horror films of the 70s, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and so on. So I enjoy all of those aspects, how these, si these seemingly just typical horror movies are intertwined so much with what was going on at the time. So I enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, after seeing Mia Goth as Pearl in the last film and knowing she plays Maxine as well as old Pearl in this film only made me more impressed by her acting abilities. Also, uh, looking the backstory of Paul, Pearl, knowing the backstory of Paul, Pearl, making that character so much more interesting in this film. When she talks about growing up, you, you know, being a dancer and having dreams and, and all these things, they seeing how those things played out in Pearl uh, really add a lot to her character in this. And also knowing that her husband, for whatever reason, her husband somehow stuck around after what he witnessed at the end of Pearl is kind of insane. It is, it is so insane that that man would stick around. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention all, all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor Show, Show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. But watching both of these films make me super excited for the third film, Maxine, and uh, that eventually will come out. Uh, and I'm really curious to see what year it takes place and how the events of that year kind of tie in with the themes. Wouldn't be surprised if, as these two movies do, so much of the specific year these movies came out and what was going on in the United States, specifically in Texas for a lot of this year, 1979, it's great. So, very interested and love this movie i do want to talk about spoilers some specifics of this movie that i really enjoyed but this is a solid slasher film crazy old couple farm things take a turn for the worse. kids making a porn pretty basic template uh and a great film a lot of great kills and uh sets up great for a next movie uh, you know follow up to see what happens with maxine but i do want to talk about spoilers so from now on, if you haven't seen this movie yet, 
Go check it out. They're both available to stream right now. Do it. I highly recommend it, especially if you like horror movies. I mean, if you like horror movies, you've probably already seen them. But maybe if you haven't gotten around to it. I would say these are two of one of the – they're like – it's kind of an interesting combination of – because they tie in so much with the historic – the actual historic events of the time that these movies are set – almost makes these movies elevated horror in some way but the stories of them the the root of what these movies are are just like your basic slasher film so you don't have to look in to the deeper things that it's talking about uh to enjoy these movies but it rewards you if you do know all of these things that i already just told you about that are going on uh which has been some of the most fun in preparation for talking about these movies, actually looking up what was going on in the United States at the time and seeing how the events that were going on tie into the themes of these movies is great. But from here on out, spoilers. I love this movie starts. This movie looks completely different. The editing style is completely different from Pearl. Right. This is obviously it's it's many years, 60, 61 years later. The farm is is old and, and weathered. The Pearl and Howard that still live there are old and weathered. And you have much more of a kind of a 70s type of editing style. A lot of like there's a lot of s moments where it cuts back and forth between scenes that that almost adds to the disorientation of what's going on. But this movie starts with the aftermath of everything, which I love, and the sheriff that's coming to investigate showing up, and you're seeing all of the bodies covered up with sheets, and you don't know what happened, but you know that okay, a lot of people died at this farm, and on one of the TVs inside, there's this televangelist going on. And every time, almost every time you see a TV that's on, which we know was very big, especially in Texas at this time. But it also ties in with the story at the very end, which I thought was great as well. But, you know, obviously a lot of people died and there's something horrific that happened in the basement that we don't see. Right. They, they react to, but we never see. And then we cut to 24 hours earlier before all of this carnage happens where we're introduced to Maxine, played by Mia Goth, who played Pearl. Such a great performance. So such, such different characters, Maxine versus Pearl. And you see her doing a line of blow in a strip club. And she has these, like, she does these, like, mantras to herself. But we, we're introduced to her. We're introduced to that this is 24 hours before. We're introduced to the fact that this is 1979. They, they all pile into a van, and there's, like, this super wide-angle lens when they're in the van, right? Just, just a lot of different aspects and shots that you just wouldn't see in Pearl. Very, shot very differently than Pearl. And a lot of fast cuts back and forth, like I said, which fits with the vibe, kind of spastic, disorienting. And you have Maxine obsessed with being famous, wanting to be the sex symbol. Wayne telling her that she's got this X factor, which I think is what the projectionist said Pearl had. This X factor, like you're a special, which is kind of just like a line 
to say, oh, you're special, right, to feed their ego that like, oh, you will be the lucky one that finds success doing this thing. And Wayne is an interesting character, right? He's the man with the plan, right? Porn being one of many get-rich-quick scheme type of things involving beautiful women, right? And he sees the potential in porn. He sees how the popularity of porn in the decade, the rise in popularity of porn, also the, the new potential for home video market, right? He sees this new business this new market opening up and understands that he wants to be the first in line to, to take advantage of it, right? So actually kind of a good idea for him. Obviously, the location, probably not the best choice, but he sees the potential there. And as they go, there's this scene where there's like this, this like tanker truck off the side of the thing because it hit a cow. And... You see Maxine at the beginning of this film, how disgusted she is at seeing the blood and guts, like almost throwing up and compared that to the contrast of how she acts where in the beginning of this film, she's disgusted. She almost throws up as the car runs over and crushes some of the intestines of the cow and how this movie ends after surviving everything she does how unaffected she is when she runs over and almost how like relieved she is to run over the skull of pearl as she drives away so it's kind of an interesting contrast between how she starts this film off in relation to those things into in relation to a scene that happens very similar and she has a very different approach to it at the end rj the the director the the guy running the camera wants to has the the idea to make a good like a cinematic dirty film very similar in a lot of ways to boogie nights uh where they wanted to make high quality which high quality you know porn which is very takes place very similar time uh i think i i think it's like late 70s early 80s if i'm not mistaken uh boogie nights uh, but RJ has that kind of thing. He's like, I want to make cinematic porn, right? Because he wants to be a director. He also sees that there's a freedom in this kind of outlaw type of cinema making porn. And his girlfriend, Lorraine, played by, uh, what's her face? Um, Jenna Ortega, which I didn't realize she was in this movie at first, the first time I watched it. I don't know. I think I probably had seen it before I saw the Scream remake, which I think was the first Scream 4 or Scream 5, I think. The one, the first one of these newer Scream movies that she was in. Uh, that's the first time that I noticed like she was on my radar as like this new actress. Of course, when Wednesday came out, superstar, uh, the best thing that she's done. Uh, but it's interesting to see her as Lorraine, who's more conservative, She's there running the sound for her boyfriend, RJ. Um, and she doesn't have the same kind of openness to the content that they're making. She considers it to be smut. Uh, Wayne excited, su super excited about the footage that RJ gets. So much so that he has RJ feel how hard it makes him, which is a hilarious scene. Wayne excited for this new market, this home video market that's supposed to be opening up. RJ loves the potential 
that this means for independent cinema, which I love too. I mean, I love independent films so much because they're they they're able to do things that you don't get from studios. They're able to experiment and try and tell new and interesting stories that you just don't get in big budget movies. And the the biggest mind blowing thing was that Pearl's husband Howard stayed with her after seeing after him coming home from World War One at the end of Pearl. Spoilers for Pearl. When he comes home from World War One to see that her mental faculties have been rotted away and decomposed and consumed just like the decomposed pig that sits on the dining room platter that had been eaten by maggots with her parents who are both dead sitting at the table and we got the long end credit of Pearl smiling into camera as the credits roll the fact that Howard stuck around blew my mind. Very crazy. But, you know, also, you know, I guess, what are you going to do, right? It's, it's like the line Pearl said. It's like, it's, it's you know, you just got to make, make the best out of what you're given. Make the best out of the situation you have, right? So they come, they rent the bunkhouse that, that Pearl was supposed to be quarantined in before she lights her mom on fire well i guess she doesn't light her on fire but they get in a scuffle where mom gets lit on fire you have the dock where pearl took her dad and was kind of going to put him out of his misery you see maxine on a smoke break walking around she finds that same dock dips her feet in and you see in the background you see pearl watching her which is interesting how many scenes there are with Pearl and Maxine, considering Mia Goth is playing both characters. She dips her feet in, she goes, she watches as she gets naked and jumps in, goes for a swim, and there's a great shot, this great, like, top-down shot, as we see the alligator that's still alive 60 years later. Obviously, alligators live forever. But this great top-down shot where Maxine is out in the middle of the lake and she decides to swim back to the dock. And you see, as she's swimming back to the dock, the the gator just slowly following her and it's a great moment of tension where you stop seeing from the top down and you just see her like we're on the dock and we're facing her right so we can't see the alligator behind her but you see how she just gets up on the dock and it takes her a while before she finally gets up and out of the water seemingly just before this alligator gets her it's it's great moment of tension, which I think Ty West is great at doing, building tension. So many scenes, like I said, with Maxine and Pearl, right? Knowing Mia Goth playing both characters makes watching those scenes very interesting to see how they did it, right? It's like, okay, I guess they could easily have some other actor playing, you know, body doubles with certain in certain scenes and just how they're shot. It's It's super interesting how they accomplish it. Uh, great scare when Maxine is going back to the bunkhouse after having the interaction with Pearl. And Pearl talking about how when she was young and beautiful, she wa- she was this dancer, which she never actually... We never actually see her practicing dance. She, we see her audition once and not get the audition. 
but she refers to herself as a dancer that she was a dancer when she was young right and it's it's a similar thing i've noticed with people uh who like say they are a thing but it's something they haven't done like oh i'm i'm an artist too but i you know i haven't done it since high school or i'm a writer but i haven't done it for like 20 years it's like well if you're not really doing it anymore can you really call yourself that thing i mean sure you can but it's it's a questionable uh label to put on yourself like that'd be me saying i'm a basketball player but i haven't played basketball since my 20s right i'm so far like i would be horrible at playing basketball i wouldn't i would never refer to myself as a basketball player i would say i used to be for sure and I guess maybe Pearl says she used to be a dancer, but she never really, you barely ever, she had dreams of becoming a dancer. Regardless, it adds to that little, that little moment where Pearl and, and Maxine talk to each other. She gives her some lemonade. And when Howard gets back, Pearl's like, you should get out of here. He can't see that you're in here, right? It's going to be our little secret. And Maxine's like, what does that mean? What, is that, what does that even mean, right? And when she runs back and Wayne, like, gets her, like, where were you? It's a great jump scare. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote, are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspire Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of The Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. So many times where Pearl is watching Maxine, like when she's having her sex scene with the black dude, uh, in the same way that Pearl was riding the scarecrow in her movie, she goes back to Howard and does like her sexy dance, but Howard is so worried that he's going to have a heart attack that he can't, have sex anymore that it's going to kill him pearl getting in bed with maxine right why why she's naked in bed it's like just so creepy also maxine underneath the bed when pearl and howard actually do have sex there's so many great scenes with both of them in it which is amazing that you know played by the same actress there's also they mention in this movie the example of when uh lorraine wants to be in the movie right she convinces she's convinced that it's kind of this 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 uh exploration this like it's a it's uh you're opening yourself up to the world in doing this it's not smut right she gets kind of her perception has changed and she decides she wants to do it her boyfriend not very stoked about it trying to give uh, she's like, I can't just change the script halfway as if porn really needed to have some kind of believable plot. Uh, she brings up the example of Psycho, 
how Psycho started as the story about this woman who stole money from, a, I think it was a bank or something, but then turned into everybody that kind of got sucked into the Bates Motel got killed. And she's like, you can do that. I recently watched this Indian film called uh, Finale where it starts off as a romantic film and then turns like literally turns into like a terrorist action movie. It's such a weird transition, but it happens all the time. Even Titanic starts out as like a romance and ends up as an action movie. So it's like you can it's possible. And she tells him, is it possible? And there's other movie references as well. And in this movie, it starts out being about them wanting to make a porn and then obviously turns into a horror film, which I don't think is as much of a, a drastic change necessarily. Um, and uh, it really turns into, I mean, the horror aspect of it, it takes a while, it's kind of similar to Pearl, takes a while for Pearl's mental to kind of dit, get you know degenerated enough to where she starts killing people both movies take their time before the kills start happening and this one takes about an hour uh out of hour 45 you know before the kills start happening which is good because it sets everything up i mean obviously you know you're watching a horror film it doesn't necessarily feel like you're just watching a film about kids making a porn like you know where it's going to go but it still takes its time and the kills are brutal you know starting off with rj who's crying in the shower because his girlfriend just had sex on tape, right? And he's like, oh, this is horrible. And he decides to leave. He's going to just ditch them all, right? Take the car. No longer going to finish. Like, he's going to really screw them over. But Pearl is, like, blocking his way out, standing in the driveway, and just kind of seeing how she almost, like, comes on to him. And he's like, what are you doing? And then she just stabs him in the throat. And it's like, okay, that's the beginning of things are going down. People are going to start to die. And it's just kind of a great scene with, with the first kill there. Then you have Wayne falling victim to the sa in the same way that the goose does in, in Pearl. Pit or, or the projectionist, pitchfork in the face. Uh, Pearl really likes to kill bohemians right the projectionist and pearl considered himself bohemian that he can just pick up and leave he's not tied to any place and there's another person that showed up to the farm that the howard referred to as being bohemian these kids referred to as being bohemian she really has this thing of killing bohemians right and she she hates that they are so free. I'm sure it's the reason why. Right. They have this freedom that she never had that she always longed for. But she's been stuck living at that same farm for her entire life. And stuck with the same man, Howard, who she wasn't even into because right when they got married, he ran off to war. That whole monologue she has with his with his sister uh, at the end of Pearl, really kind of illustrated how, you know, she's not satisfied with her life. So that jealousy of these people being able to live so free, probably the catalyst for why she wants to kill everybody, right? And Lorraine trapped in the basement. There's a scene, her using an axe to kind of cut through the door, very much in the looks like the shining scene 
you know, where Johnny or Jack Nicholson's character cuts through the, the door. And also a great scene where her hand, she's kind of get, trying to get out and her hand gets all fucked up by the old man who just shot the black dude like crazy. And like, I completely forgot when I'd watched this the first time in my rewatch, I was like, does Jenna Ortega live? Like, I didn't remember what happened to her character. Then you have Bobby Lynn, the blonde porn actress pushed into the lake by Pearl, right? She's trying to help Pearl. She shows up naked. She's like, here, old lady, here's a blanket. And Pearl just pushes her into the lake where you see the, the gator grab her head. And Pearl tells Howard that she she knows she doesn't like bl- that Howard knows she doesn't like blondes, which obviously we know why from Pearl, because th- when she went to audition, they didn't want her because they wanted a girl next door blonde, ki- like an all American blonde girl for the part. And she wasn't blonde. So I think that was the the pinnacle of her not liking blondes. Also, Howard's sister is was a blonde and got the part. So you see why she hates blonde girls uh, from Pearl. That she, they, she probably feels like blonde girls took away her dream in some way. And then you see Maxine get Lorraine out. But Ma- but Lorraine doesn't trust her and she ends up getting shot. Like just like yelling at her. It's like, I don't trust you. And she runs out and she's immediately gets shot. It's like, oh, that's what happened to Jenna Ortega's character. Uh, and then so Maxine, the only one alive, the final girl, Howard, just such a kind of a funny scene where like he survives having sex with Pearl. He thought having sex would kill him. But after they kill Lorraine and they're dragging Lorraine's body inside, right? They're going to put her in the basement or whatever to cut her up and feed her to the alligator, whatever their process is. As they're dragging her inside, Lorraine, not fully dead, gives out like this gurgle and that kills Howard, which is kind of hilarious, right? That he gets taken out just because he didn't realize she was dead. It's kind of funny. And then there's the great moment where Pearl goes to shoot Maxine. They both have guns, but when Maxine pulls the trigger, there's no bullets. And then you remember the conversation that Wayne had with Howard, how Howard said, oh, shotgun's not loaded. He just waving it around usually does the job. And Wayne says that, oh, yeah, I got a gun like that in my glove compartment. So you realize, oh, he didn't have it loaded. But she ducks out of the way just in time as Pearl pulls the trigger with obviously a loaded shotgun. But Pearl goes flying out of the door. It's kind of a great scene. She breaks her hip, right? And, of course, that allows Maxine to then do what their car did to the intestines of the cow as she leaves. Kind of great. It wasn't It wasn't the sex that killed Howard. It was the gurgle. Um And Maxine, like almost every time she does blow, there's like one scene where she does blow after having seen, uh, after waking up with Pearl in her bed, she does, she does a bump and she doesn't have any mantra, but usually every time Maxine does a line of cocaine, like the first one, uh, or one of them is, I will not accept a life I do not deserve, which is also something that 
the televangelist says on the TV multiple times, which is interesting that when we find out what why uh, she also says you're going to be a fucking sex symbol. Um, and the very last one, when she's driving away, she does a, a thing of uh, a, another bump and she says, uh, praise the fucking Lord. Right. So usually she has these one liners after doing blow, but except for one time. Uh, and then we have the televangelist that's been on every TV. That's been this running thing throughout, whether they're at the gas station or they turn the TV on to drown out the people that are being killed at their house. You see that the reveal that this televangelist is looking for his daughter, Maxine, who ran away. And we see a picture of Maxine, who has the same kind of kind of eye that has the freckles around it, the same as Maxine. So it, it really kind of recontextualizes that character. Also, the reason why she, she has that same line of, I do not deserve a life, that, or I do not, what is it? Uh, I will not accept a life I do not deserve kind of a mantra of hers great horror film uh it improved i i enjoyed this rewatch of x after having seen pearl and also howard that whole like all that stuff there was a lot more with the context of knowing how they got there uh was kind of great how they used to dispose of the cars like saw that same place where they disposed of the projectionist car is the same place they disposed of the the bohemian that was tied up in the basement using the alligator to dispose of the bodies just finding out that howard stuck around is amazing in, in and of itself great kills super excited to see what comes next in the series with maxine uh inspired me to watch all of ty west's movies to rank them so on sunday's episode of top five i will be ranking my top five ty west movies which that was a treat to do uh i am a fan of his work and excited to see whatever he does next but i want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode of the ray taylor show i hope you enjoyed my thoughts on x don't forget to tune in every monday wednesday and friday for more movie and tv show reviews and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder if you're watching these until next time enjoy the show new episodes of the ray taylor show come out every single day subscribe on youtube and everywhere our podcasts are found binge the full week over at inspired disorder.com slash plus buy ray taylor show merch over at inspired disorder.com have a wonderful day everybody peace out today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about everything that you've been wanting every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real dreams can come true what you manifest in your mind you can bring to reality